It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and the mic alongside Joey Medor on this fifth day of July, 6.06 on the clock and 88 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. It's the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Good to have you with us on this, again, day after Independence Day. Hopefully you had a good 4th of July. Hopefully you had a good weekend. And if you are a Reds fan, you absolutely had a great weekend as you swept the Cubs, moved a game above them in the standings, now in second place in the NL Central. The NBA Finals are set as the Suns will take on the Milwaukee Bucks. And of course, some big news out of Ohio with Demontre Tuggle becoming the first student athlete to sign and to benefit from the new name, image, and likeness uh, compensation rules by the NCAA. Right. But first, Joey, how are you? You just give away the whole show at the top here, Connor. You got to keep people suspensed. Well, so, I mean, we you, you, you just you rolled out every topic there. Right. I mean, it's a preview. We got a full show today. We didn't have a full show at all last week. Did not. It also, I don't know about you, it feels like this is a really long weekend. I feel like we haven't been in here for uh, Friday's show. It seems like a long time ago. I mean, I did have some longer nights this weekend, but, uh, you know, it just feels like it's been a while since uh, we've been in the studio, but good to be back. Had a good fourth. Uh, just kind of hung out pretty chill day, sat out on my deck uh, in the afternoon, took in some sun and then, uh, just hung out with some friends and stuff later on. Uh, you know, pretty, pretty low key fourth. And then like a, a lot of people are off work today. Uh, obviously this doesn't happen often. I mean, once every, I guess, like seven years, but fourth fell on a Sunday, so everybody's kind of uh, getting the day off on the fifth, some right. people at least. With the federal holiday, you observe it the next day after if it falls on the weekend, and that yep, means absolutely. it's today. Uh, so if you're with us, even in your car radio, or if you're listening to us at home or wherever, uh, we, we thank you for tuning in, and of course online at wxtq.com slash wath. How was uh, the fireworks on Saturday? Fireworks were good. You know, it was uh, fun to be out, fun to see a lot of people out. I think that was the most I saw, um, you know, all combined here in Athens in a long, long time. I mean, the previous high crowd, I think I saw at Peden Stadium uh, when they sold it out for Miami. It was that 100 and, what was it, 100th anniversary, 150th anniversary of college football? I think it was 150. I think, yeah, 150 sounds right. Uh, but that was the, the largest crowd I think that I saw in one spot, and the fireworks definitely uh, were close to that uh we were positioned i don't know if you saw us uh, driving up and down state street but the jambulance was out over at the market on state uh had a really good time and you know we were giving away things outside the jambulance too right we had uh you know some pepsi products to give away we had some true blue koozies we had some uh cds that captain shane sent our way uh, so we, we had a lot of good things to give away. And Should have gave out some of those Reds bobbleheads that have. You know that would have been a been good sitting I, around. See, I I want I want people to earn the bobbleheads. So I want them to answer at least a question. I want them to to have the correct. You know, I, I'm still going to have that one question out there, and if anybody wants to answer it, who did the Reds beat in 1869 for the first ever professional game played? You can even Google it while you're on air. You can lock in your. Uh, Lock in your call at 740-592-6646. It's a uh, Mike Moustakis bobblehead, and uh, we'd be happy to give it to you should you get the answer correct. 
And, you know, maybe for uh, Football Friday night, we'll give away a couple of those things as well because football season's right around the corner. And um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to uh, wait and find out and see and what Maybe the Reds there. will actually be playing some meaningful games in September this year. They so, could uh, be. I mean, with the way that they played over the weekend, they... No, don't do it again, be. Connor. You, you, you've been doing this all year. They get on a streak and you start <laughs> creeping up until they're this great team and all that. But you got to... Even keel. We, we've called even games... Keel. How many years together have we called baseball games? Uh, well, this would have been the third summer. Right, because we did so Athens we did, together. Right. We We've, did... The uh, Copperheads was the first summer. I guess right. that was two summers ago. Summer of 2019. Yeah. And then last summer we did the uh, did Athens, Athens games, and then we right? did them in the spring this year. Yeah. Right. Precisely. So you know by now that I live and die with every pitch. <laughs> right? I mean, it, it is totally unhealthy for me as a, as a baseball fan, because every time the Mets lose, I take it personally. I Should I? No. I have no effect on the game whatsoever, but I, I'm in a bad mood whenever my team loses. Well, that's how, yeah, that's what, that's how fans are. Yeah, but I, I, I understand that. But if you know, I root for a crappy team and they win tomorrow, I'm not going to tell you that uh, they fixed it. <laughs> well, I, that's baseball, you know. It's, I'm, I'm not going out so far to say that I know that, you know, with a snap of the finger, they're going to just turn things around. But I do wait for a series. I wait for the series to end. I praise the Reds when they are praiseworthy. And I criticize the Reds when their bullpen can't hold a lead. But again, their bullpen held, and uh, they had a pretty good series against the Chicago Cubs this past weekend. But before we get into the Cubs... Yeah, it's uh, the Reds. Uh, the Reds. I mean, we don't need to get into know, the Cubs. I uh, know J.W. would love us to talk about the Cubs, but... Um, well, I don't even know if J.W. wants to talk about the Cubs. That's true. I mean, they got Point. swept... It, it's not like it was an embarrassing loss over the weekend. I don't think they got... Uh, three close games. I mean, yeah. we're supposed to talk about the Reds later on, but... All right, we will continue with the Reds later on, but let's let's get to local first, right? Uh, over the weekend, last week, it was announced by BobcatAttack.com that Demontre Tuggle has signed an endorsement deal with BobcatAttack.com. I figured, and right now I don't know where Jason Preston is because obviously I think Preston's the biggest name in Ohio athletics right now, and we have up until Wednesday to figure out where Preston. As of right now, he's has. technically not within Bobcat Athletics, Ohio Athletics. Uh, he's still, he still is in, right? I mean, he has to no, say No, 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 he is not in. Right now, he's in the draft. Until he pulls out and he has it on the 7th, he's in the draft. That's what... But, but he's eligible to come back. You know, he's, yes, he's, but right now, he ain't back. <laughs> True. But again, you know, with him in the draft at this point, the next biggest... Most notable name, I would have to say, is Demontre Tuggle. And Demontre Tuggle signs the first NIL deal uh, in, in Bobcat history. Obviously, these new rules were implemented by the NCAA. I shouldn't say implemented, but they're just not going to enforce them. They have revised them. And uh, college athletes across the nation are now able to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. And the first Bobcat student-athlete to do so is Tuggle with BobcatAttack.com. And, Joey, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised... Um, and maybe not too surprised, but I, I didn't know that BobcatAttack.com had some kind of money really involved to go out and sign uh, a, a, an athlete, to endorse an athlete, um, just because I, I know that they write things, right? I know that they, they got coverage of Bobcat Athletics. However, I, I just didn't realize that they had the money enough. I think it was uh, five figures 
to uh, to give Demontre Tuggle some money and to sign him. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the site. It seems more like a forum over a website, although there is some stories and stuff on there. But it just seems like a big place to go chat about uh, Ohio sports, really. Right. Um, still a website, though, so, you know. Uh, but it is good for him to, uh, you know, be kind of the, the face. As you mentioned, he's one of the more, you know, notable athletes on campus right now. I'm not going to argue if he's the second to whoever. I I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you could argue the whole basketball team has more notoriety right now because <laughs> they got to play on a national stage. So Very true. Um, anyway, but it is good for him. Uh, he's going to be a, a vital part to the football team this year, obviously. And, you know, I think we're everybody's in the corner of, you know, we're rooting for these athletes to get paid. You know, I see Barstool's doing the thing where they are bringing all kinds of athletes on. And uh, I think I saw uh, Oklahoma University's quarterback, uh, Spencer Rattler, sign a deal with Canes. That was one of the first big ones that come out. I saw some athlete, I can't remember the name right now, but he signed like a $2 million deal with some kind of, you know, marketing type company. Um, so the, the money's getting, getting thrown around yet. You know, Connor, I'll be interested to see if we see, like, right now, you know, it's just kind of capitalism doing its thing. So it just seems like these guys are able to go out there and make uh, whatever amount of money that they're possibly doing with their name, right? Like, if someone has like a like a Manziel or a Tebow type of run in college that they're like the most popular guy in the country, it seems like, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see just how high the money amounts will come in for guys like that. And if due to that, at some point, the NCAA will step in and cap how much these kids can make. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how everything... Because obviously of... nobody probably at Ohio is going to get that national notoriety to sign uh, that many big deals uh, like you would at a Power 5 big program like, you know, Alabama or something like that. Um, so I will. Th- that, that's something that will come into play. I'm interested to see how these loopholes get worked in these first few years of this thing because... Uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, Connor. It just seems like the people at the top in pretty much every branch of uh, society uh, are just ducking the rules somehow <laughs> to, <laughs> to get to that point. Um, I do think, and I, I gave you this scenario in the production studio. For the, it's just like, what's going to stop a Nick Saban from making his own website? At, I mean, nobody knows about it. Maybe they find somebody else to be the face of it. But And then they sign a kid, an Alabama kid, or they tell some Alabama kid uh, that's uh, committed you know, he's signed with so-and-so.com. They're going to give him $50,000. All of a sudden, that kid's going to Alabama. But really, it's Nick Saban the whole time. Who's I mean, what's $50,000 to Nick Saban, you know? Uh, it's just, I'm not trying to pull the negatives out of this thing, but uh, there is going to be some, uh, I'm, some of these coaches are going to get creative with this whole NIL thing in the first few years when the rules are, I mean, there's not really rules. It's kind of, you know, all right, this is the player. Companies can make whatever offer they want to, and you know it's it's within their discretion how they want to manage that. And it is right, and I think there's definitely more positives than there are negatives about this. I mean, one of the big positives uh, would be reinstating a couple of records, especially um, uh, you know what, what was it, Reggie? Help me out here with the name. I'm, I'm forgetting the name here, but Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush. Reggie like Bush, one of the most talented college yes. players in our lifetime. I, I remembered Reggie. I just couldn't remember the Bush off the uh, off the top of my head. But uh, you know, there was the Heisman Trophy Trust says that if the NCAA reinstates Reggie Bush's records, then Bush would get his 
uh, Heisman Trophy back and, and that recognition back. Uh, yeah, this is a silly talk. I don't even want to talk about this. I mean, we'll, we'll like, talk. It, it's it's so dumb. Like, yeah, I I guess it was a rule at the time that his family wasn't allowed to receive benefits from his school, but that has no benef- that has no effect to how talented of a player Reggie Bush was. I saw somebody trying to make the counter argument, and there's people out here, especially on social media these days, just they look for a fight in every situation. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they have this time on their hands to just constantly <laughs> be battling people on social media. They'd but, be um, surprised. Yeah, it, it's incredible. But this guy was like, well, he had that peace of mind that knowing his family was taken care of by his school, and that's why he was able to go out and play so well. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's. But it, it's ridiculous. How would you just say Reggie Bush is a really talented player, and it's dumb I, that he right. got his Heisman Trophy taken away? I mean, I feel like that should be a pretty universal, I mean, feeling on on the situation. It should be, but it's it, it's you know stupid stuff like that that hopefully get corrected as time continues to move along, right? It, it's stuff where um, you know hopefully his record is reinstated and you see him back at the Heisman Trophy. Right, I mean, I think that'd be great for Reggie Bush, um, but also I think one of the other benefits. And I was reading this story, and I was trying to find it real quick, and I can't find it in front of me to give the proper uh, proper attribution. But I believe there was a quarterback in Florida, um, and I again was trying to find the story. If I find it later, I'll put it out on Twitter. But um, in the story, the quarterback who is probably going to sign for a lot more money than, let's say, the offensive lineman. Right, if there is going to be a company that endorses the quarterback there's probably going to be more money for the quarterback than there is for the offensive lineman. Now, depending on how much money there is, the one thing that that quarterback said he was going to do was spread the wealth. So he was going to share some of his endorsement money with his team so that they will be taken care of as well. And I thought that's an absolutely, number one, a, a nice thing to do. Right. Sure. I mean, it, uh, from a person to person standpoint, definitely do not have to do that. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do that. But it's stories like that that now can come can come forth. And when, you know, let's say somebody is struggling and they're on your team and they don't come from money. And now you're at, at the college level and you're able to sign for money and benefit off your name, image and likeness. Um, I think that's a pretty good idea there to help out your fellow teammates. Like some people said, you know, all right, maybe, you know, the quarterback's going to get a big head. Maybe he's going to have a big ego. You know, he's getting paid more than anybody else on the team. Yeah, I mean, that's, but now it's, that's how sports works. Right. Like that, that, that Literally, at, you know, it's the NFL, the quarterback's the highest paid guy on the team. <laughs> it's the same situation. And, but it's nice to see a story like that emerge to where, and, and again, if I find it, I'm going to put it out on Twitter later on today, WATHWXTQ Sports. I wonder if these quarterbacks, um, you know, they got to break the bank in the pros for their for their O-linemen. Well, they got to start doing that in college, too. You know, they usually these quarterbacks are buying their linemen's all Rolexes or, you know, I've seen <laughs> Gators bought for, yeah, some of these quarterbacks, they break the bank. Yeah. We got to start doing that in college as well. I don't know. The big money starts coming in. We'll see. I yeah, mean, what, what, I, I am definitely curious to see, you know, what the top college player in a year is able to make uh, this season. And you had already said that there, somebody made a million dollars already off of endorsement deals, right? Yeah, I think it was a two. I think it was like a four-year deal for worth two million dollars. Was that a, a freshman four-year deal, or was that? I know. I just think even after, I don't remember. It was someone new. I, so things can still carry over to when. Well, I mean, that's or up, if that's up to you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, duh. <laughs> 
when um, there's not so even when you're a senior, you know, you graduate, you have nothing to do with the college. Well, I mean, after you that. assume if these companies are assuming if a guy's talented enough, he's going to go pro after college, and right. So it keep him on board. Makes sense. Um, but I, I mentioned the na- uh, the numbers there because million dollars compared to a five figure deal, which is what Demontre Tuggle signed with Bobcat Attack, and I don't even know what on what ends that uh, you know that deal was. I mean, the, the financial numbers have not been disclosed and uh you know that's a personal matter even if they do want to disclose those numbers or we might not know um but it's i found it interesting i found it somewhat surprising but on the other hand i didn't find it surprising because bobcatattack.com is run by ohio alumni so to have you know the alumni come back and support uh the student athletes here on campus I thought it was also a nice little aspect that they were doing as well. Yeah. Once again, congrats to uh, Demontre Tuggle. Had a great season last year, only three games. But, um, you know, we're, we're banking on a full season this year. So he'll get a chance to go out and earn that money. And hopefully other guys uh, start to, start to you know, we start to see other guys sign deals like this. You know, a lot of these mid-major school guys are probably going to have to rely more on the local businesses and things like that. Um, but, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens with it all. Maybe, you know, DeMontre has a great year again, and all of a sudden he's got some of these bigger companies wanting to, uh, wanting to uh, you know, sign him on. And it's going to be interesting because now these guys have, you do have money to play for, right? And, uh, you know, we, we've had this whole thing in the bowl game. Sometimes guys sit them out uh, because they're, they're worried about, you know, being as healthy as possible going in the draft. Well, now all of a sudden you dangle some money in front of them, to, you know maybe that uh maybe that stops that from happening. Well, so but there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that branch off of this really. Let's stick with the bowls. Sure. If, let's say you're a player that has not benefited yet off of your name, image, and likeness, and you are thinking about sitting out of the bowl game because at the end of the day, bowl games are nice. Bowl games get you some national attention here and there, but at the end of the day, it's not in conference. It is not. The playoffs, except for a couple of bowl games. Um, but if you are on the cusp of sitting in a bowl game or playing in it, now that there's some money on the line to be had, if you do well, potentially, mm-hmm. do you see more student athletes, more football players specifically participating in the bowls because of the chance that they can perform, they can shine on a national stage, and therefore be able to get paid? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, a lot of the guys who would be in a position to be sitting out in a bowl game will probably have already cashed in on their on their NIL opportunities earlier on in college but you know it is a it is something that you could come into consideration yeah um absolutely but there's going to be a lot of interesting uh like I said I'm just going to be interested to see how some of these power five coaches how creative they get with uh, bringing guys in these days because I mean now you know think of a Zion Williamson I know it's basketball but he would have made Think a of ton. how huge he was in high school. He would have been signing deals then. He would have came into Duke already with all kinds of money. Now, because of the way I was always explained. And also, right? I hate all these posts now. It's like, it's mainly Bleach Report. I can't stand Bleach Report social media, Connor. I know we've had this discussion before, but there's like these graphs like, imagine how much these guys would have got paid in college. Well, they didn't. So, it, you know, it. <laughs> Right, I mean, you can fantasize, and, and there's something that we can fantasize on coming up next in the next segment because we're going to talk about you know something you know really stupid. I I think that was said 
uh, on ESPN and, and and by a specific former general manager. But um, yeah, you, you can play the what if game all day, right? What if they got paid in college? How much money? What if Tebow was able to benefit off his name, image, and likeness? What if, you know, I, listen, I don't know. at, at I the don't, end I of the day. They probably would have made some money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we all know that. It's well, not worth put, putting that on social why, media, really. Why do we got to play the what if game? It didn't happen. That wasn't a thing back then. You can fantasize about it. You can make your predictions about it. But at the end of the day, it didn't happen, so you will never know. if you want to put some light on it, if that's what they're trying to do, you know what you should do? How about the guys that were studs in college and fizzled out in the NFL? How much money they would have made that they couldn't make because they couldn't get paid in college? And unfortunately, they just, through injuries, just didn't have it, whatever. But they didn't have the opportunity to cash in on as much money as they should have been making because... You know, they weren't allowed to get paid in college. Highlight those guys you want to talk about it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how much. Tim Tebow's made his money. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Johnny Manziel's been, you know, <laughs> rich his whole life anyway. Guys like that, so. We do have a caller coming up in the sports fan. Caller, you are live. Wait, no. That is just the dial tone. Somebody must have hung up on us already. If the caller is still there, you are more than welcome to call in 740-592-6646. Again, 740-592-6646. Calling to be a part of the sports fan. Coming up, Mike Tannenbaum, former general manager for the Miami Dolphins and former general manager for the New York Jets. Uh, Tannenbaum said a, a couple of questionable things on ESPN on Friday's Get Up. Uh, and, and it revolved around, of course, Joe Burrow and his fellow rookie quarterback in uh, Justin Herbert. And I, No longer rookies, Connor. Well, at the time they were rookies. He was talking about their rookie seasons a little bit. Um, but now as they enter into their second year in the NFL, uh, Mike Tannenbaum... Yeah, he was kind of more so projecting the future. Right. And, and Tannenbaum you know, projects that Cincinnati uh, should regret using the first overall pick on Joe Burrow. And that's something that... Hey, man. It, you get on. the tease over with. Let's go. Tease we'll talk over. about it on side. We'll talk about it after this. This is the Sports Fan 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job, helped me pay for my house. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. 
Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. And back inside the Sports Fan right off the 300 Columbus Road right here in Athens, Ohio. Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. 6.30 on the clock. We got you all the way up until 7 today. Cincinnati Reds coming your way with the pregame at 7.40 with the first pitch scheduled for just around 8.10 tonight. We open up the phone lines and call it. You are live on the Sports Fan. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm calling, um, um, obviously we all love Joe Burrow and we want everything the best for Joe Burrow. Um, but someone mentioned that the Bengals, they don't have a decent place to practice down there. So could you elaborate on that? And I'm going to hang up. Sounds good. Thanks. Give us the, and give us some status on Joe Burrow because we're really getting excited about him again. You know, okay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. What I think, uh, what we're trying to refer to is uh, the Bengals' lack of an indoor practice facility and how they're the most northern team in the NFL that does not have an indoor practice facility. And obviously, if you live in this state of Ohio, you know the winters are not. Um, uh, Ideal. <laughs> so you would think that a team would want a uh, indoor practice facility. And I know there's uh, been, they're talking about doing updates to it and things like that. And it's like, but that's basically the kind of when, when the Bengals are the laughing stock, uh, how they're a team that, that lacks having an, an indoor practice facility. And that's uh, kind of <laughs> been a big topic of discussion. And, uh, you know, you, and then this is, I think it's kind of another reason why. You know that the the Browns get so much flack out there. It just seems like at times they're they're unwilling to invest in in you know the betterment of uh, of their franchise. And you know building an indoor practice facility doesn't seem that it should be that tough of a demand, Connor. I uh, you know what I mean. Um, and right. I, I think that's where the frustrations come from fans with stuff like that. And where um, I, I don't know if you'd know, but where would they uh, where would they put the indoor facility? Right? I mean, they have a couple. I mean, it doesn't have to be in the city. You can put it anywhere. True. Generally, I'm pretty sure teams just have one wherever their normal practice facility is for outdoors. There's an indoor one in the same vicinity. So in you're not case even... it starts raining during practice, you go inside, <laughs> or it's too cold. You go inside. Well, I will tell you this. I don't know if Matt Frazee told me the story or if it was uh, Troy or if it was, you know, somebody else. Um, but somebody told me the story about Joe uh, when he was you know, playing here in Athens. And it was a rainy day. And Joe, you know, I guess called up a couple of guys when it was raining and said, hey, you know, we, we got to have practice. Right? I mean, it's raining outside. We haven't practiced in the rain and he was just trying to prepare in those conditions and try to get better, you know, when it was raining. Um, so I, not having an indoor practice facility for Joe, I'm sure, doesn't matter to him. But, you know, if, if you're no, a professional... But, dude, you're trying to bring in free... Like, right. it, it's a whole picture thing. Like, you, you're trying to bring in free agents. You're trying to make, you know, as an owner, you, your players know that you care about their well-being. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, there are times that coaches do decide to practice in the rain or, you know, when it's colder outside because they think it gives them some kind of advantage. But it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, you're a team where, I mean, it starts getting chilly in October. And then for the rest of the season, it, it's like that. And obviously, yes, you do have to be used to playing in it. But you should be used to playing it. You play eight games at home during the season. So, right. you know, it's, uh, it's just something that uh, I think it's, it, it's just a frustrating thing for, for fans to, and 
you know, maybe even players. And sure, maybe Joe doesn't care if he has to practice outside. I'm sure all of them, they get paid pretty handsomely. They don't care if they have to. But, you know, every now and then, you know, if it's snowing outside and you need to practice, you probably want to, you know, get inside. Right. And uh, I'll even compare it to it like this, right? The Ohio Bobcats have an indoor practice facility for the football team. Mm -hmm. That's the Walter Fieldhouse. So a professional football team does not have what Ohio has. Um, you know, and again, an indoor practice facility is what I'm talking about. And, you know, it's your professional team. I mean, come on. Find a place, put up a building, put up a roof, and, uh, and get it done. Know, maybe they have to bring in some money first. I don't know. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and to sure, the, the, sure. They can't find the funds. <laughs> the second part of the question, uh, the most recent update on Joe's injury report uh, came back on May 18th. And since then, there's been no news. So no news is good news. Uh, but uh, Dr. Neil Elitrachi um, you know, texted ESPN's Adam Scheffner. He said that uh, Joe is on full track for full go for the start of the season. So he's on track to go. I've seen nothing to contradict that. Uh, Joe has done, from all the reports, everything right to get back and ready for the season, to be fully healthy. Um, you know, whether he plays in the, you know, kind of the, the preseason games, they did cut it down from four to three, right? They did add a, a regular season game instead of, you know, what is it, 17 weeks, 18 weeks now, right? Uh, they did add an additional game to the regular NFL season, um, they took away the preseason game, but um, you know, for week one, for Joe, uh, I, I think it's going to be all systems go unless something happens between now and then. Uh, he, he's going to be a full participant, and it uh, does not seem like there's going to be any restrictions to this point, which is obviously a good sign to Cincinnati and the rest of the fan base. And also, you know, still a few weeks out from training camp. Right now there's no, you know, football activities going on, you know, within the team. You know, guys go out and work out and whatnot, have their own little private things. But um, this is all time for him to, to heal up and, you know, try to just continue to work towards 100%. I mean, I think in, in, uh, in OTAs and things like that, he was throwing. I think he was limited on, you know, just how much he was doing with mobility and stuff like that. And maybe it's not necessarily – that he can't do it right now, but you're, you're, what's the point of risking it at this point, right? You just want to make sure that he's going to be as healthy as possible uh, for the season. And, you know, you're going to know if he's going or not. If, they, if even Sniff's play in the preseason, he's going to be playing week one um, because that's the risk not worth taking if, if you're still questionable about a guy's health. Um, and it seems like, you know, they, they've been nothing but happy. You, you hear nothing but good reports about his recovery and, you know, everybody was talking about how much zip he had on the ball in camp or uh, in OTAs, as you say, this year, mini camp and all that stuff. So it, it's been all positive. I mean, there's been no setbacks to this point that uh, at least have been reported on. So, I mean, I think you got to take their word for it and assume that he's going to be ready to go week one. All right. And even with the OTAs earlier on, if you remember, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit, but there was no, nobody was allowed to be in the backfield with Joe. I mean, Joe was going to be the only guy. And nobody was going to be close to him, not even a running back, uh, you know, taking a handoff. Nobody was in the backfield uh, with Joe Burrow during those OTAs. They did not want to risk somebody tripping up. They did not want to risk, you know, not, I think somebody was even, uh, you know, whether it was the coach or somebody was even joking that it was his job to pay attention to Joe at all times. <laughs> and if anybody got close to him or if there was a ball that was, you know, rolling by, they don't want him to roll over his ankle. And, and you know, I think they took all the right precautions 
uh, and they will continue to do the right thing, hopefully, all the way through, uh, all the, way through the season. Uh, and, and now, you know, the other, and this thing kind of has me, you know, back and forth. Like, it's, it's way too early to be talking about, you know, should Cincinnati have drafted uh, Joe with the number one pick? Or should Cincinnati have drafted Justin Herbert? It's you know, way too Connor, early to have that conversation. It's the, you know, it's that it's that last lull in between, <laughs> you know, OTAs and then uh, training camp starting, and there's there's nothing to talk about. And sometimes they put unintelligent people on the television to talk about stuff when there's nothing to talk about, and then but stuff like this comes out. <laughs> here's here's the thing though, Mike Tannenbaum has been you know within the NFL. I mean, Tannenbaum has been a GM at two football teams. Okay, and how did both those teams end up? Not well. When, uh, by the time he left. But, and, and maybe that's an indicator that he doesn't know what he's talking about. And maybe down the line he could know what he's talking about, and we'll have to revisit it maybe four or five years from now or, you know, at the end of both of their careers. You know, who's to say that they both can't go on to have a tremendous NFL career, Herbert and, uh, you know, with the Chargers and Joe with Cincinnati. Uh, but Tannenbaum basically, and not basically, he did say uh, that Cincinnati should regret using the first overall pick uh, from the 2020 NFL draft on Burrow. Uh, and he talked about that well, on Friday. You caveat that. He's saying they should have picked Herbert instead of Burrow. He's not just saying Burrow shouldn't have been a first pick. Yeah, but he's saying, and, and he even goes Which on. Which I, you know, I still think you I'm I'm on your side with you can't really make that argument at this point in either one of their careers, but it's not like he went out and flat out just said Burrow wasn't good enough to be a first pick. No, I mean, if you look at that college career that Joe had, especially in his final season at LSU, there's no question that he was a number one overall pick. I mean, if anybody else went number one, it would have been crazy, especially since it was Cincinnati who needed a quarterback. Now, if we're talking about you know, the Patriots, when Tom Brady's still on the Patriots, now they're not drafting a quarterback. I mean, he got Tom Brady as a quarterback, and that would have made sense. But if any other quarterback had been taken before Joe, it would have been insane. And even we were talking about it all fair before the show today. Like, all the talk heading into the 2019 college football season was how good Alabama's Tua Tagovailoa was. Right? Tua Tagovailoa was the well, talk Well, now you're getting off topic. Like, let's well, no, but discuss it, this here. Well, right. And, and, you know, now, you know, Tua is having his own career down with the Miami Dolphins. You know, nobody's talking about Tua right now, but it's all about, you know, Herbert and Joe Burrow. And I would even say, should both of them have had a full season last year? Joe obviously got injured and he's recovering from that injury well. But should both of them have had a full season? I think Joe is still the, the rookie of the year. I think Joe beats uh, Herbert out for that. Well, hold up. now you're being hypocritical. You're 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 not contending, Bob, doing what ifs. You just did a what if yourself. Well, right. But if he's going to play the game, I'm I'm not above that. I'll play the game with him. No. But again, like it's you go down the road of what if, and it it just didn't happen. Herbert had a tremendous season. Well, read the quote. You're you're now no you know what read 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 the uh, what Tannenbaum said and, ten, for, and scroll up it, the whole thing's further up. And all right, so the full quote from Mike Tannenbaum says, yes, I said it before the draft. I'm still saying it. When you go head-to-head with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert is bigger, stronger, faster, and more athletic. Um, Tannenbaum said when asked if Cincinnati should regret not taking Herbert, he goes on record and says, and I quote, if you would have put Herbert in that LSU offense, Burrow's numbers were phenomenal, but Herbert's production would have been as good 
or even better. And uh, again, you, you go down the road, and we talked about it opening up you know, the show today. Why do we got to play this what-if game and stir the drama, right? Herbert did not play on LSU. Joe Burrow did, and he set all those records and won the national championship, got the Heisman and everything else. You know, why, why are we playing what if, you know, if? If Tim Tebow was still in college, I'm sure he would be a pretty good quarterback. If Michael Vick was still in you know, college, I'm sure he would have you know, led Virginia Tech to a couple of national titles by now, right? I mean, we can't play this what-if game. It, it's, it's crazy. But he's just I mean, saying that to stir controversy right now. I don't think he's trying to. St- I think that's what he actually believes. Um, I don't care. You know the LSU thing. Who cares? It's dumb argument. Nobody. Any substance. I. I just don't see how. Uh, after last year, they both had rookie years. Herbert played extremely well. Um, Joe was playing pretty well as well at the time he went down. For rookies, uh, you, you put the caveat on that. I mean, Herbert broke the the rookie touchdown pass record that was set by Mayfield a couple of years earlier. His interceptions. He threw ten, which you know that's about an av- you know average quarterbacks do that. You know, you'll assume that comes down with more maturity. He threw some great balls last year, uh, especially deep down the field. I think you could argue right now his the, right now his deep ball is better than than Joe's, just from what you saw them both do last year. I mean, I think Joe will tell you himself, and it was clear if you watched the Bengals play last year, they did struggle with the deep ball down the field, and many factors play into it. Their O line didn't give them time to throw the ball down the field. Uh, they're, you know, just weren't able to connect on some deep balls early on. They hit on a couple as well. But um, I just, how can you say right now that the Bengals should regret their decision drafting Burrow when he, he played, what, eight, nine games last year? Yeah, if that. I mean, what? Uh, you know, and Herbert wasn't even the week one starter in L.A. You know, this is, this is all these factors that... I don't know how you can say with absolute certainty, and again, this guy he's just a guy trying to stir the pot or whatever, but how can you say that already they should regret their decision? I mean, what if Joe turns around and it's a long shot, but they they make the playoffs this year? Should they regret the decision then? Also, like, he's, he's going out, and Herbert played well, but it's not like the Chargers were winning games last year. I mean, they were a top-10 pick this year, too. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, you know, so it's not like Herbert and the Chargers set the world on fire last year to where it was clear that he's the better of the two quarterbacks. Um, it would have been very close, whatever their numbers would end up being, if they both played a full season. We'll, we'll never know. It's a what if, as you just mentioned. You know, the, the whole if you have to use college to try to make your point about the NFL player, I I just don't see your your argument at that point. Um, right? Like, why why does he have to bring in you know what? Herbert did in college compared to what Joe did in college. There's no well, he didn't com- compare that because that wouldn't make sense as to why you would take yeah. Herbert over Joe well, because, it, I mean, Herbert was a fine college player. He's a fifth pick overall in the draft, and as you won Rookie of the Year last year, he is, has a good pro, uh, trajectory in his career and all, but, you know, his numbers, his senior year at Oregon, don't hold a candle to what Joe did at LSU. Right. And, and he can't say, you know, oh, what if, you know, Herbert was at the helm of that LSU team. Well, right, what he wasn't. If, he wasn't. What if Peyton Manning was at the helm of the LSU team in 2019? I mean, come on now. Yeah, Peyton in 2019 might not have. It might not have gone that well. I don't know. Or what about um? I don't know. Get get me uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Have Mahomes lead the 2019 LSU Tigers. They've probably been pretty good. 
It, yeah. It, anybody, I mean, if you were a good quarterback, and Joe was tremendous that year. If you're a good quarterback, you were going to have a good time with that team. And Joe put in the work. He put in the legwork. He built the relationships with his, uh, with his teammates. He put in the time in the offseason, and they saw the, uh, the fruits of their labor throughout yeah. that 2019 team. Yeah, and like I said, not taking away from Herbert, I think, I mean, I, I disagree with Connor. I think Herbert would have won Rookie of the Year regardless if Joe plays the whole year out. But um, It's close. It's very close, yes. They would have had very similar numbers. Um, but that overall says, if you're there that close as a player right now, nobody should regret anybody who they drafted, who they picked. Right, I mean, Cincinnati would be very happy. Right, with I mean, I think both franchises are pretty thrilled with what they saw out of their rookie quarterbacks last year. Right, I and mean, the, Cincinnati's not thrilled that he got hurt. It's not his fault. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's not his fault. It's not Joe's fault. I'll tell you that. Right, so, you know, and you know, there were many people very interested once Anthony Lynn got fired in in Los Angeles to go take that Chargers job because of what Herbert did his rookie year. Um, but to try to put down Joe because, you know, you, you think that bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic, whatever, maybe they're true, but either way, you know, the, the production was pretty similar while they were playing. And again, I just, you know, I think Joe's a great leader. Herbert is more of a quieter guy, which you can be a quiet guy and be a, more of a lead by example type of guy. I mean, I think Herbert should be fine over the next 10 years as well, but to say they'll regret it, I mean... I don't know. That, 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 that seems kind of silly to say at this point. It seems silly to say regardless because we don't know what the, Maybe in six years from now, if, if Joe stinks and Herbert's won a couple Super Bowls, then you say maybe they regret it. But, like, right. I, it's... At this point, they both had good rookie seasons. Joe's was cut short because of the injury. But they both looked like good star quarterbacks. And they could lead a franchise to wins in the yeah. future. Herbert was my fantasy quarterback. I was yeah. more than thrilled. And I'm sure the Chargers are thrilled to go from a guy like, you know, Phil Rivers to Justin Herbert. Yeah, it's a pretty good transition there. I mean, Cincinnati's going from, really, Andy Dalton to Joe Burrow. And yep. Dalton had a fantastic career in Cincinnati. But you're going from good quarterbacks to promising young rookies. And right. that's, and, it, you know, not to they improved you know, last uh, year. You only didn't bring Tannenbaum down or whatever, but he ran two franchises into the ground. So, uh, you know, what does he know about drafting quarterbacks? Uh, I mean, <laughs> with the Jets, the Jets are still drafting quarterbacks to this day. Right. So, right. So it, it's, it is what it is. But it, it's, yeah, I, I just. It's a ridiculous conversation to have who's going to regret picking who at this point. Wait until their like, careers it, are it's over. Just, it, the, the way you word it means so much. If he comes out and says, you know, if so-and-so, if Herbert does this and Burrow, you know, is never the same after his injury and blah, 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 you're going to regret not taking Herbert. Whatever. But to say they already should makes, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. No. No sense whatsoever. I but mean, the Chargers won, what, one more game than Cincinnati did last year? Like, wasn't much. But either way, you know, if his goal was to stir controversy or if it really is his opinion... Uh, he got people talking about it, and in the media business, that's uh, that's obviously what you want people to do is talk about what you said. Well, yeah, and, uh, and just looking at this, you know, this get up. Bart Scott's on there. I don't necessarily look to him for expert analysis on stuff, uh, you know. So, <laughs> and again, it's the lull period in between. 
you know, the season's right around the corner, but not so much stuff is really going on. Uh, you know, you're just kind of waiting for training camp to start at this point after OTAs and mini camp ends. So these guys, you know, you have stupid discussions like this. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that opinion holds any kind of weight at this point. No. Could it hold any weight 10 years from now? Sure. 15 years? Why not? But we, we got to get to that point now. I mean, these guys are just entering their second season in the NFL. Uh, and, and, again, obviously, Joe coming off the injury. I mean, who's to say? You know, God forbid, you know, Herbert gets injured this year. Uh, should San Diego now, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to draft Joe because he was picked number one. Uh, but should they regret not having the opportunity to pick Joe? I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. Um, but either way, coming up tonight at 740, Cincinnati Reds hit the airwaves. They're coming off a sweep of the... Chicago Cubs. We'll talk about that plus their upcoming game against the Kansas City Royals. Coming up next as this is the Sportsman on 970 97.1 FM WATH. Hi, I'm Kim and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth show. What's happening? It's not the Kim and Ruth show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or during time of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me, just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 at 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, 88 degrees. Still sunny outside in southeast Ohio. 6.53 on the clock. we got about seven more minutes of the sports fan until we throw it to CBS News at the top of the hour. Cincinnati Reds will take on the Kansas City Royals. Reds are at 43-40. and 40. The Royals at 35-48. and 48. Another opportunity for the rookie Vladimir Gutierrez as Gutierrez sits with the 3-3 three and three record and a 4.93 ERA. 
The Reds have been kind of hot as of late, I will say kind of, uh, because, you know, they, they've been up and down this season. I am lukewarm, uh, but definitely happy that the Reds, A, got the win against the Padres first and foremost because they needed a win against San Diego. Uh, not that they needed it, but, I mean, you only had one more shot against that team. Uh, you might as well have gotten a win against the team some point. But most importantly, maybe not for J.W. Smith, but uh, the, the Cubs uh, got swept against the Reds this weekend, 2-1 to one on Friday, 3-2 to two on Saturday, and again a 3-2 to two win for the Reds on Sunday. The Reds are on the road at the Royals for a three-game series, and that series starts tonight. But, Joey, a sweep against the Cubs. The Reds have now swept each of their NL Central opponents this season at one point during this season and find themselves second in the standings as we get closer and closer to the All-Star break. You used a lot of words to say that sentence. I did. You could have said they swept every team in the NL Central this year. <laughs> oh, they did. <laughs> I, <laughs> your, your way was just... I was well, struggling to watch you get through that. I, I didn't think I struggled. I was just saying they swept every team. But anyway, uh, yeah, and it wasn't the traditional way. You've seen them win ball games this year. Uh, three low-scoring affairs, one-run affairs, which they haven't been great in those kind of games really either this year. Uh, Friday night, encouraging to see Sonny Gray back off the IL. He goes five strong innings, eight strikeouts. Um, you know, pitch count got a little bit up there with all, with all the strikeouts, but you're encouraged by that performance. Hopefully he can, you know, return to his his top form. And then, uh, you know, the bullpen came up really huge this weekend, um, was something we haven't been able to say very often uh, throughout the season this year, but they were able to get the outs when they needed it. Amir Garrett, we, you told, talked about it earlier, was able to induce a double play to, to end the ball game over the weekend. The bats were able to do just enough, and, uh, you know, they're sitting at 43-40 and 40 now, and you you got to take care of the Royals. you got to build off this momentum four in a row. You have to at least find a way to win this series against Kansas City. You should win both, in my opinion. Um and then you have all that momentum, and then you have the four-game set with Milwaukee later in the week. That's going to be key to seeing uh, where the Reds sit going into the All-Star break and see you know, how they should play the second half of the season. There's a lot of teams in the NL that are just kind of hovering around 500 that aren't necessarily out of it in their division races, but they have some ground to make up that are going to have to make some key decisions here before the deadline at the end of July. Um, but the Reds... Four in a row, good weekend series, as you mentioned, now swept every team in the NL Central this year. And uh, they sit in second place behind Milwaukee. Milwaukee has, uh, you know, the, the NL East leaders, the Mets, over the next few days. So, you know, they're hoping that the Mets can do them a couple favors and they can win a couple games against an inferior opponent in Kansas City and, you know, starting to shorten up that gap a little bit. And, yeah, I mean, the Mets are going to send a rookie out in the mound, uh, Tyler McGill, and... Uh you know, this, this would just be the third start for McGill, so I'm not expecting a whole lot from the Mets tonight. So maybe the uh, Milwaukee Brewers get the win. Maybe they don't. Who knows? But um, you know, NL Central leading, or NL East leading, against the NL Central leading tonight. And one team is going to have to lose. Um, the one change for the Reds is to take a look at the, uh, at the lineup today. Uh, I'm not sure why, and I tried to do a little bit of research prior to, but uh, Alejo Lopez takes on the leadoff spot for Cincinnati as coming out. He was originally in the lineup, but coming out of the lineup is Jonathan India. Um, 
And since they are batting in American League ballpark, the designated hitter is used for the National League team in Cincinnati. So uh, Jesse Winker gets the DH today. And inserted into the lineup is Aristides Aquino. And he'll be in left field. So I'm not sure what happened to India. Hopefully he'll be available off the bench. But I haven't been able to figure out why India was scratched from the starting lineup. Um, but back to, you know... You, you need Gutierrez to have a, some kind of start because, you know, you're gonna, you're starting to have these guys come off the I.L. And for the most part, they're, uh, they're bullpen guys like Lorenzen and uh, Hoffman. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be some decisions to be made who's going to stick around in, in the bullpen. But Gutierrez, you know, he started off strong. That ERA's almost five at this point, right? I mean, for a young kid, that's not going to keep you in the show. Um and so he needs to have some kind of bounce pack performance. It's not a very good lineup over there in Kansas City these days. They're facing Mike Miner, who's having a rough year with a 5-3-3 ERA. I mean, things are kind of lining into place here for the Reds' offense to put up some runs. Gutierrez, he needs to bear down and have one of the starts like he had in his first few starts when he got called up because uh, he's been struggling his last couple times out. Yeah, he has. And, again, Gutierrez has to pick it up. Um, it's his rookie year, and I... This, you gotta. Will he still be in the starting rotation even when a couple guys come come back? Maybe, uh, but he he's got to pitch to stay at the show. He's got to stay to pitch in the show. And right now, against a, a team like Kansas City, and I know we have a couple of Kansas City fans who listen on a regular basis, uh, but Kansas City's not a uh, not a quality team this year. Right? They were hot at the beginning of the year, but they've fallen under five hundred. Uh, by more than 10 games, 13 games under, and the Reds need to take advantage of what they have in front of them, especially with Milwaukee, who could lose a couple of games uh, against the Mets, especially with DeGrom pitching tomorrow. So now is the time to strike for the Reds before we get to the All-Star break, and we'll see what they do. Appreciate you listening in to the Sports Fan right here on 970 97.1 FM, WATH, and online at WXTQ.com slash WATH. We're Joey Medora. This is Connor Mills signing off. The Reds come your way at 740 tonight. But as of right now, CBS News at the top of the hour is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH, FM.